Hello, fearless listeners and viewers. Welcome to the Diaries of Badass Bosses podcast. I'm Penny Joyner-Platt. And I am Tiggs Rice. And we are back for season two. Welcome. We're going to dive deep into the lives of extraordinary individuals who redefine what it means to be a boss. That's right. This season, we have lined up a stellar cast of guests who have shattered glass ceilings, forged their own paths and inspired change in their respective fields. I mean, we're not talking about traditional CEOs here. Our guests include entrepreneurs from a wide range of industries, making waves, challenging the status quo and sharing their stories behind their journeys. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a budding leader, or simply someone who loves hearing about tales of triumph over adversity, then you're in the right place. This is where stories of badass bosses come to life. And as always, we are joined by our incredible producer, Connor Wells, who always makes sure every episode is an auditory masterpiece. Thank you, Penny and Tiggs. I am thrilled to be back for another incredible series of inspiring stories and unforgettable moments. Get ready for an absolutely incredible ride. So stay tuned as we embark on this journey to explore the lives, dreams and fearless endeavours of some of the most badass bosses out there. Buckle up. Because season two of Diaries of Badass Bosses is about to begin. Hi, welcome to Diaries of Badass Bosses podcast. I'm Penny. And I'm Tiggs. And it's such a pleasure to be back with you for another episode of Diaries of Badass Bosses. It's a goodie. I know. I'm so excited about today's guest as well. We've got a stellar, stellar one coming up for you today. Um, How's your week been? Yeah, it's been busy, I have to say. I'm not Mm going to complain, though. Obviously, balancing the whole kid juggle now that one is in school as well, which is fantastic, (laughs) giving me a little bit more time to get work done. Um, But I am actually missing him as well. So it's that striking the balance of like, yeah, it's great that he's in school and he's learning. But uh, yeah, can't wait for him to get home as well at the same time. But uh, yeah, it's a big milestone. And then what are you doing with all this extra time that you've got before, uh, well, as nine to three, I'm guessing you've got a little bit more time in your day. It's all work. <laughs> <laughs> Literally all work. But that is because I love what I do. I mean, I'm very lucky. I must admit, I do have the nicest clients. Um, and obviously I get to work with you every day, which is also a treat. I know. And we've been quite busy recently working on helping a lot of our clients level up their brand visibility, haven't we? Mm, so you've been busy. Yes. What yes. have you been up to? Um, building, building, <laughs> building that website that I promised that I would do in episode two of season one. Um, so yeah, we've been doing a lot of that. You've been holding me accountable. We'll get to that another time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also um, a lot of brand shoots lately. Really helping people level up their visibility lately. And I mean, that's really important, process. actually. No matter what size a business is, it's about actually putting a face to the name of that organisation. It's about not hiding behind that brand. I think that's really important. And actually, a lot of businesses fall into that category of kind of hiding behind maybe the organisation and Absolutely. maybe stock imagery. I mean, yeah. Oh, can't stand stock imagery, if I'm honest, but... And we've had quite a few clients lately, because obviously we share a lot of clients as well, who have been in this incredible place, having had PR coaching with you and brand strategy work, who've got these amazing PR opportunities, and then had to come to me and say, I really need photos, I'm going to be an X, Y, Z. So yeah, it's definitely been helping getting people out there. I think it's the difference as well between actually getting that PR story, because Mm -hmm. the amount of times that I'll speak to a journalist 
They want to have a bank of imagery of the yes. person that they're talking to. They want to be an editor themselves. They want to be able to look through some images. They want to be able to look at a newspaper and say, actually, they've given me a portrait and a landscape, so actually they can fill this spot for me no matter what. It has been the difference between a story getting in and not getting in. So imagery is massively important. Putting a face behind the brand, a face that people can recognise and trust is so important. And when it's a big organisation and actually something for people that's quite personal, that decision they make on mm -hmm. who they're going to work with, if they see who is behind that, who's at the top, you know, who is turning all those cogs. I mean, Connor, for you, I know your business is everything visual. It very much is. And, and audio. A little bit of audio. Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit of audio, of audio but, for yeah. our listeners just a, out there. Just a, just just a, a, just a smidge of audio, just, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, most mostly visual. Mo and it, when I first started, I was like 75% photo, a little bit of video. It's now definitely more video. <gasps> Interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, you're literally getting in behind the workings of every business, aren't you? I mean, you're in kitchens, you're literally kitchens, in the back gyms, end of... Um, podcasts, YouTube, Costa Rica everywhere <laughs> i love the way that you had to <laughs> throw just, in costa rica yeah i mean here we are in stevenage which is probably at the moment the furthest i go yeah um love and you're stevenage. jetting off to costa rica i mean and and my art yeah. deco boudoir which we were in this week and had a power cut in the middle of our shoot that was great fun <laughs> um i've got the footage of that so oh, i'll we need to probably put, put it in on 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 the, the video here that was great fun <laughs> but brand brand visibility and especially with video as well at the moment mm. like um i've actually between the last season and this season i created a tiktok channel well, i say it's created i had it for a while i was definitely just hanging out in the background um <laughs> but i've been working and connor's been helping me create videos and reels for that and i've grown is it 98,000 followers <gasps> in about three four months now with internet sensation and actually it's perfect conversation starter today because our guest today is also incredibly visual online um, so we'll get the opportunity to talk about some brand visuals and the importance of showing up and being visible in your brand mm. so yeah I mean for those of you out there uh, listeners and viewers um, you know you're considering like you want to do whether it's photography videography or you're just kind of feeling a bit nervous about it and you want to just have a chat that's the one thing I always pride myself on is that consultancy so have a chat with people and kind exactly. of see where they're at what their headspace is and if you feel like actually yeah I'm, I need to show up more for my business that's what we're all here for. So both Tiggs, myself and Connor all offer free consultancy. Um, so do feel free to get in touch with us. Um, we all have our own website. So I'm going to do a bit of a plug here for my one. I'll let you two do yours. Absolutely. Um, but if you ever want any help with kind of showing up from PR point of view and getting that visibility, you can always touch base with me at the hyphen platform with a double t and that's because my last name is platt not because i can't spell dot com <laughs> okay um so yeah do get in touch with me on the website and i'd be happy to have a chat with you and see how i can help all free of charge of course in terms of the consultancy <laughs> and if you want to reach out for me for any brand visuals or brand consultancy in terms of website design um, and portfolio reviews you can find me at tigsrice.com and if you want to have me help you with building your influence, impact and income with online photo and video, connorwells.com. 
Ooh, sorry, I really liked that. I My feel job. like I was, trained that one. That, that was yeah, sixty I was second say, plug. I was I was literally looking over there to see if he had that written down, but yeah. actually that came straight from the mouth, and I'm dead in. Scrub that off my arm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna my have to level up my, uh, my elevator pitch. Six, yeah, That's sixty second me. pitch. Come on. <laughs> right now, after those shameless plugs, I have to now get to the nitty gritty of why we're here. Um, very excited, and I have to say to introduce such a dapper guest today um it's so lovely to have you thank you oh, <laughs> come on get out of shot come on <laughs> you're in a t-shirt you cannot claim dapper today right less of connor Street <laughs> um, thank you very much it's really uh, a pleasure to be on the, on the show today I'm loving this pocket square. I mean, we were talking about it from the second that you walked into the room, but it's fabulous. Wonderful. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of Mr. Pocket Square with all my friends. and uh, love it. That's, that's what I'm known for, unfortunately. Not Wolfinch, the pocket square. Oh. So, you know. I mean, at least you'll be remembered in every room that you walk into. Well. And then you can start talking about it. <laughs> exactly, Wolfinch. yeah. So speaking of, um, I've got a little bio that we've put together for you just to introduce you a little bit. So... Amrit brings together his commitment to care with a focus on delivering enhanced quality of service for clients across the UK. His care sector skills and experience as both a leader in care and as an award business award-winning businessman and CEO of Wolfinch support a network of franchised Wolfinch home-based care offices across the UK. Amrit's passion for excellent customer care, commitment to family and proven business skills naturally led him to the home care sector. Within four years of becoming a franchisee in, in just dom- oh my gosh dom- <laughs> domiciliary <laughs> domiciliary you got it domiciliary <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. home care <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh actually it's I've, I've seen it shortened to dom care a little dom bit care, within, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. let's go with dom care that's, yeah, it's for the cool kids in the industry yeah. <laughs> He grew the business from a standing start into a million pound turnover business, developed wow. a valued core team of 70 and won the Franchise of the Year Award. Fabulous. As CEO of Wolfinch, Amrit is committed to supporting franchisees to deliver a national home care service that is of high quality, delivered by a team of caring, motivated and dedicated carers. And I mean, that... Wow. Is incredible. I'll just leave now, I think. <laughs> On that note. I mean... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. You might, you might say Dom Care a little bit more eloquently than I do, though, so maybe you should stick around. Um, tell us your origin story. Like, how did this all... How did you get here? Uh, I mean, how long is this podcast? <laughs> um, You're 45 minutes, guys. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it really started in, in, in a village in India in the 1960s when, when my dad and, and decided to get on a plane and, and hop over to the UK. Um, but, uh, you know, on a serious note, my, my parents are immigrants. They came over to the UK and just grafted. And mm. I saw that growing up. And I thought, well, okay, actually, yes, I'm sure that's really hard work, but they run their own destiny, their own, they are their own bosses, and it really appealed to me. So from a really young age, I was thinking, well, how do I not get a real job? So I'm there like 13, writing out, well, I wonder if I get into rental property and whatever, you know, when all the other kids are thinking, oh, I'll be a a lawyer or a banker and whatever and i'm thinking well how do i not have a real job <laughs> so that was my driver frankly speaking and i went to university did all of that but after university i had to get a real job for about eight months and i realized i was totally unemployable <laughs> and, and um, was able to get some funding together and got into the restaurant business uh, very randomly watched the goodfellas Thought it looked like fun. <laughs> oh, I could probably do that. that. Snapping out tables, why not? 
So off I go. I've got this Italian restaurant in Richmond, and it was freaking hard work. And I thought, well, gosh, you know, I've never been to Italy. You know, don't really know anything about the food and so on. You know, not a huge wine drinker at the time mm-hmm. and so forth. And but I learned it. I was twenty-two. I just wow. sort of immersed myself in the whole thing. Learned it. Surrounded myself with the right people. Built that business up. Won some local awards. Open a tea room around the corner, sort of very Mary Antoinette. Ooh. But it was it was gorgeous and it was good fun, but it was super labor intensive. Mm. And what I realized at the time was that I needed to do something else. I had lots more to give. And also I kind of quite enjoyed setting up businesses, uh, I've got to say. And so um, my girlfriend at the time, who's my now wife. Or it would have been a girlfriend that we never spoke about again. Um, she decided, to, so, you know, we, we're sort of sitting there, we're having a coffee and I said, look, you know, I, I need to do something else. And she's a dentist and families in nursing homes and so on. And she said, have you thought about domiciliary care? And, you know, like any self-respecting 25-year-old at the time, I was like, well, what the hell is that? You know? <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm, I'm talking to all the franchisors around the country, and I've bought a franchise, and I'm schlepping about the country, living in Bucks, working in Oxfordshire for my dom care business, driving down to Richmond and doing the wow. whole thing again tomorrow. And I did that for about, I think, year 18 months before the dom care stuff on uh started um <laughs> sort of picking up and I, I then sold the restaurants and, and doubled down on 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 the domiciliary care side but i really for me the big driver was thinking about the pain that i had setting up the business mm. even as a franchisee and what i realized was that franchising in the uk for home care was about 20 years old and it, the last time it had been looked at as a process was 20 years ago. And I thought, well, you know, this is a huge problem and a huge opportunity. And I thought, this is the problem I need to fix for the next 20 years. So I just decided to learn everything I could, got external support and mentoring, built my business up, sold it, used that as a treasure chest to the basic go and set up Wolfinch. And, and, and off we go. And we've got some of the best support staff in, in the country, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, I'm at, I think, about 30 locations or so at the moment, wow. hoping to kind of, you know, in the next sort of three to six months, get to about 40 locations. We've got a few in the sort of pipeline and so forth. And and that's it. And it's really sort of get to 200 in the next in the next sort of seven to 10 years and plant a flag internationally in a few. So, um, Big goals. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, for me often it's it's really thinking, well, actually, if you're just willing to work, it will happen. Nothing's magical. It's just hard work. Yeah. And you just have to be consistent and turn up, as you were saying earlier, actually. Yeah. I, that really resonated with me, what you're saying. So I think that's it. You just turn up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your version was far slicker. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was from oh, the horse's great. mouth. It's yeah. Great. And it's nice to hear, because obviously, like, now you're in a franchise business, but it's great to hear that you've had that you've had that experience yeah. setting up running and selling i believe you've sold yes. on those yeah, two businesses yeah, yeah. so you're able to bring in so much experience to help your franchisees totally. create and develop their own also businesses. it's the emotional side of it when yeah. you're a franchisee the emotions are very different and a lot of franchisors haven't been a franchisee and that's quite frankly problematic i yeah. think mm. and so for me one of the things that I can draw on a lot, and I do almost, you know, on a daily basis, is my experience as a franchisee. And I think, well, okay, actually, how would I have felt 
if this was delivered to me in that way and so on and so actually you always sort of think like the franchisees sitting in the room partly because they are you know yeah. I, I i was them yeah and so it's really sort of building something that that would have worked long term for me and would have given me the kind of uh, the, the emotional bit that i needed as well as the the financial bit that definitely resonates with me. I've been a franchisee myself. Right. So, and I know what that was like and actually what felt like the barriers yeah. to actually what I knew would could have been a great business, yeah. but there was too much restriction. Yeah. So it's interesting. And actually even my husband is also kind of part of a franchisee setup. Yeah. So I see it from his, and that's a really big organisation. So I see it from his side as well. So I that's why I'm really into this because yeah. I've got personal experience in it as well but the thing i really loved was when you said that you you wanted to, you didn't want to get a real job you yeah. wanted to work for yourself because yeah. that also yeah. resonates with every single one of us in this room right now and i'm sure resonates with our listeners and viewers because i do think you're born with this entrepreneur need in yeah. you to kind yeah. of run a business the way you want to run it and I think that's what for anyone who's listening and watching is what they want to find out from you today how you've done it what the tricks and the tips it's, are it's, it's, <laughs> it's so interesting I think actually when you're when you're in it there's no kind of a nuanced thinking behind a lot of things you're you're sort of just saying well okay now this has happened I need to fix that so I need to go and do that for example and 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 I'm very sort of that is where we need to run at. So, you know, for me, I wake up every morning thinking, we're not at 200 locations yet. Right, what are we doing? What are we doing today that's going to help us get there in 10 years' time? And it's very tunnel-visioned, quite frankly. And I think it's all in the activity and all in the action. Having, if I were to say a couple of things that I think are really useful, it's, number one, having the right people around you, whether that's mentoring, coaches, or uh, the right team. Um, I'm very fortunate that I've got both of those angles sorted and that's taken me years to kind of develop. And and over time what happens is that the business changes or you change and, 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 and that infrastructure needs to change. But having that I think is super important. It can save you years, yeah. frankly. You know, having a – I had a franchise coach when I was setting up the franchise business. I'd been a franchisee, run businesses, new home care – but did I know what I need to know as a franchisor? And so I thought, well, I can either have lots of expensive mistakes over the next sort of four years, five years, or I can just get on with it. And you get the right people in and say, right, tell me the way, you know. And so having that guide in your life, I think, is really important. Um, I think the other thing is that the consistent learning. And so going to the conferences, reading the books, and implementing the stuff. Because actually quite often you'll know all of this stuff and then you just won't do any of the stuff. Yeah. And so for me, I think some of the things that have really kind of changed my life have been books like Traction by Gina Wickman and you know just really kind of getting into the leadership aspect of it mm. and saying, well, okay, how do I lead a team? What do I do? Because again, I don't know. I've not worked in a huge organization before. I've not been led. So it's kind of trial and error but i think learning and the implementation going to the conferences you know i've spent a lot of time effort money going to the states learning about franchising and so on and trying to bring best practice back here mm. um and i think you know really the, the 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 final part of it is really have fun with it because if it's not if you're not enjoying it you know you can 
be rest assured that nobody else is going to be enjoying it around you. Know? <laughs> yeah, you need to have fun. Yeah. For us, one of the values of Wolfinch is to to have fun. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of in everything you do, and it's so, and 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 therefore the activity that you're doing, and you know, it's just whether that's the social media side, whether that's anything else, it's kind of you know having fun with it, being active, and just getting out there. So, so for me, it's it's that you know bottled mm. up. So speaking of obviously learning your learnings <coughs> and having that mentorship in becoming a franchisor, um, how do you know if someone is the right fit for you as a franchisee? Because, I mean, especially within the industry that you're in, and um, I was looking up because you're registered with the Quality Care Commission. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's a huge importance on the quality that you're providing in those. How do you know if someone's a right fit for your brand? It's a really difficult question, that. I'm I'm big on gut mm-hmm. <laughs> and the gut feeling and honing in on that and and but we'll put that aside for a second. I think there needs to be process around the gut, um, and so the the we we have a, a vetting process that goes through. So I am the last person that speaks to a prospect. They go through um, the the franchise development team and they get scored. They'll speak to franchisees and get scored. They'll speak to our operations team and get scored. All of that will come back to me as feedback and scoring and saying, well, okay, this is where this person sits. Here are the issues that we've got. These are the pros, these are the cons. Great. I can then go away with that and say, well, okay, let's have a focus meeting with this particular pro- prospect and take it from there. So do they have the right sort of financial backing? Are they leadership and management? You know, Is that there? Do they care? Because mm-hmm. actually you can make money in a retail premises this is people's lives and so I think there's there's a lot of that so so for me I think it's it's really very much around getting the data and then honing in on that and saying well okay you know from my experience the questions that I'm asking you how are you responding to that where are you kind of looking off where are you looking down what's really happening and really kind of getting into that very nuanced dis- discussion around body language and whatever everything it all kind of comes together and and all you can do is is use all of your tools and and hope for the best and sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision and that's okay and I think you just need to not be hard on yourself and think okay we'll, we'll put that right but more often than not, you learn to make the right decision and you just need to... I think making a decision is the most important thing, though, because I think there's that decision fatigue that kicks in, especially yes. as a leader. You think, oh, it's, it's too many questions. I don't want to do any of it, you know, and just, I'll just walk away. I think you just need to just pick a side and just run with it, so... Yeah, I and... Mean, I was just going to say, it's one of, actually, one of, I think, the toughest industries, actually. It's got quite bad reputation really in terms of actually it feels like I mean I'm not at the point yet but everybody does think about it where they think about their own parents they think about their own family um where what would I do Mm. you know that's always a question that everybody asks Mm. you know if they're put in that position and we always hear the negative obviously Mm -hmm. because of press and everything else so from your point of view what what do you find the biggest challenge for you in this business I mean, that really winds me up, quite frankly, because the media, there's 1.5 million carers around the country. And basically, I can't imagine many of them do it for the money. Mm-hmm. Right? They do it because they're <coughs> wonderful people. They really care. They could do anything else, quite frankly. They could go and work at Tesco's and probably earn more money and have a consistent working schedule and so forth. But they don't. 
they do this. And so I think for me, one of the big things that I'm trying to achieve with Wolfinch is to change the branding of the industry. And so really looking at how it looks like uh, to be a carer, what it means to be a carer, from the business perspective and the the things that you know I, I sort of mess around with social media and stuff but I, I try to make it a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and a bit more fun you know make it very much more human because okay yes we, we're not a massive media house or anything but it's something and what you then start to do is influence the guy next door and you know they'll influence the person next door and so on and all of a sudden you know many people in the industry are then changing the way that they are getting information out there or they're getting a voice through social media because yes there's not huge budgets to go on and and sort of go off and, and get those news articles out there that are the positive news stories and frankly nobody wants to listen to those so it's really mm -hmm. kind of doing what i can do to help change the, the the marketing of the the industry and i think that's something that i'm very passionate about which I didn't know I was passionate about. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've got it's, to say it's. I, I love know. to hear anyone that says they're passionate about marketing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, like, um, it's great. Yeah, you know, if you'd spoke <laughs> to me two or three years ago, I, I would have just told you where to go. But you know, it's 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 really something that I've realised that actually, it's a problem. It's yeah. a huge problem, and it and it it puts down the the amazing care workers. You know, we, we're talking about care workers as a you know low skilled job. But actually, it props up the NHS. Yes. The NHS would literally fall apart without care workers. Yeah. And so it's it's really, you know, politically quite sensitive to yep. say that out loud. But quite frankly, it's true. Yeah. And the government knows it. And everyone knows it. But, but we don't position ourselves in the right way. Mm. It's... Mm. Uh, there are amazing nurses and amazing hospitals. They get high-fived. But the care workers, it's, you know, it's only the bad stories that come out often. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and and that I think it is changing, but I think it's the responsibility of the care providers to then yeah. say, look, what are we doing? And are we getting the right stories out there and the and mm. the and the and the nice stories out there? Which you know, we've started doing a lot about Wolfinch and just kind of recording that stuff and you know, whether that's photo shoots and video stuff or whatever, but getting it out there and Fun. talking yeah. about the good stories. And you're so passionate about it that you've developed the mum test, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I this need to is, hear about this. It's amazing. Please, <laughs> please, please share. I mean, actually, interestingly, it, it came up, and it used to be something that I used to talk about when I was a franchisee to my branch. And there was this there was this guy that came in for a job interview, and we needed a male carer, and it's there's a very sort of small percentage of the of the industry is, is male carers, and, mm. and we always had male carers around because I sort of saw the importance of it. But this chap came in and he really stank, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it was just so bad. Um, and, and, um, and, and, and I'm sort of there and I was, I was like, look, okay, guys, <coughs> let's have a conversation with him and so on. And we did. And, you know, he wasn't really willing to make any changes. And there was various other issues, there, you know, sort of the jokes aside stuff. But one of my members of staff was like, look, we, we need this guy. Let's just get him out there. And I said, well, would you, would you send him to your own mum? And said member of staff was like, well, no. 
I was like, okay, so <laughs> that's, that's the end of that then. conversation, right? And and I was like, look, you know, from now on, any carer client also that we take on, everyone goes through the mum test. And it's if it's not good enough for our own parents, it's not happening. End of story. Nice. And I was yeah. like, it's mm. simple as, you know, you don't need to worry about CQC or anything like that. You just need to do the mum test because if yeah. you do that, you'll do everything right. Basically. And that bar's going to be set pretty high. Yeah. Any mum test, it's going to mm-hmm. be... I mean, I know speaking from my own mum, I mean, it's going to be, you know, yeah. you've got a lot to do to impress yeah. my mum. So, yeah. It's, but it's so love true it. though, right? You know, yeah. and it's and it's... And I think if everyone just thinks <coughs> that way, all of a sudden you've got a very good quality industry, basically. Fabulous. Absolutely. Might put that into my own business. And, uh, <laughs> which you probably could, right? You know, That's you probably so could. good. You know, <laughs> <Love that. laughs> one of my friends uh, runs something called a Nan Test, and I was like, "What the Whoa. hell is that?" And I was on his podcast actually recently, and he's like, "Oh, well, basically, it's would your Nan be happy if she came to work and saw how you worked and the working conditions?" And I was like. I like that, you know. So we could just bring the whole family into this whole thing. <laughs> and I mean, that's really what you're doing with it because, I, and I've seen, like, through researching for this ep- episode, um, have watched a lot of the videos from your franchisees and what they're saying. And so many of them mention that they got into this business and they chose Wolfinch over any other agency because of you, um, nice. which is <laughs> the nicest thing to hear obviously I, I mean speak i'm not speaking on your behalf but i imagine that must be incredible to have that kind of family feel within a franchise where you're not necessarily seeing your franchisees every day yeah. and still yet having that connection with them it's it's really wonderful actually and and i suppose you as a leader very rarely do you sort of step back and say oh that's nice you know but actually it really is and i think so much of it is about keeping the points of contact and doing all the right stuff and and actually it sometimes it's a real pain in the ass you know and but you have to put in the effort and put in the work i was yeah. in i did a round trip to newcastle from london to newcastle on monday this week and we've got a new branch there and they're really just nailing it and it's you know a lot of my work is really just going around high-fiving everybody and saying great you know is the support right what else can we be doing for you because actually operationally we've got some really wonderful people that are sort of market leading people that support our franchisees so i my job has kind of moved away from that and moved very much into that kind of pastoral care piece of saying well are we doing the right stuff as a business and and really focus on on the leadership bit and in order to do that i need to keep the relationship and also just having the touch point so it's going out there it's picking up the phone it's arranging events for everyone to come along to and you know just getting people together i think a lot of franchises certainly you know i've been involved in in a network and, and i'm sure many have that and actually most networks they just don't try and create very purposefully create a uh, a network feel and so get everybody together and the way i see it is it means less work for me because if you know you're neighboring franchisees and you're speaking to each other about what's working for each other guess who they're not calling right so so creating that family feel is is quite you know beneficial from a business perspective as well so that internal comms piece as part of any strategy is so vital at at an organization your size so it's it's great to see and not only do you have a happy work family but an award-winning 
Well, you know. winning. We need to hear a little bit more about this. So Where do I start? Let me just get my scroll out over here. Flick out the roll. Love it. You know, again, it's... It's, it's quite a nice ego stroke, isn't it, awards? I, I'm not sure how I feel about them, quite frankly, but if I'm really honest. But I think it's quite important because when you're looking for Care for Your Mum, you're thinking, well, okay, how am I differentiating the two brands I'm looking at? And I think so the awards bit is quite useful. Also, it's a bit of recognition for both franchisees, for your team and so on and care staff. So, so we we're quite active on the awards scene and and actually the speaking scene, in fact, on in all the industry specific stuff. But certainly the, on the awards side, we're we're very fortunate to be nominated for uh, a lot of awards. Quite frankly, I mean, I, I, I don't even know where to start off the top of my head. But we've won some recently with the um, uh, disruptive franchisor and the, that uh, was an award for innovation yes yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to sing I'm going to blow your trumpet <laughs> <laughs> you're also uh, one of the elite 100 oh, franchise of course, yes, lists. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean top 100 nice. franchises nice. yeah yeah so that, which is pretty cool I mean I was quite I was quite chuffed by that that's um, powered by HSBC in fact yes, so, uh, so which is you know so it's quite a prestigious thing yeah. within the industry we've been finalists at the Langbuson which is like where the banks and so on go for their data, wow. you know, we've you know we're very active within in the scene, and um, a lot of our franchisees have won sort of you know business people um, uh, of the year awards, and there's been some you know very specific things around uh, business women, and uh, which is great, and yeah. I think that on my last check, I think there was probably about 54% female leaders within Wolfinch, which is Amazing. really cool. Um, and most of our management team is, is female, actually. Fabulous. Uh, which is really I cool. actually just attended the Best Business Women Awards in London. Oh, cool. Like, uh, the other week. It was it was honestly to be in a room. I'm not... A female power was yeah. literally yeah. there that it's night. very cool. But it was, it was so awesome i have to say the energy you yeah. know mm. it was fabulous but so. you know and i think this is it's a in many ways an untapped resource so I, i'm the youngest of four children with three older sisters and wow. all kind of like quite oh. driven my mum was a business leader um you know her, her and my father sort of ran businesses together and so on so i always saw that kind of very strong you know female role model and and I've got two daughters and so on and and so you know for me I just think actually so many women go off have children and then they they are unable to get back into industry and it's an untapped resource mm -hmm. frankly and a lot of leaders are quite sort of nervous about the whole thing but I, I think it's wonderful and I think it needs to be celebrated and and there probably needs to be a clearer pathway around that kind of thing so Especially if you've come from a caregiving role, like if you oh, if you've yeah. had children and been off, and you've been nurturing life for you know, um, let's say five seven years, while you have the average two point four, and they go off, yeah. you know, you've had seven years worth of what better training. Care. Are you going to get? Yeah, right? it's so, it's so <laughs> true. So true. You know, you know I, I, one yeah. of my best carers ever, Debbie. Um, years ago, I sort of I was I was, I was in this interview, and I was, I was just sort of sitting there. I was like. Have you got any experience in care? And she's like, no, um, but I, I have taken care of all my children and my children's children. I was like, yeah, I'd come in. And she was phenomenal because yeah. she was just a caring person, right? You know, and I think that often is it. You, you can train everything else, but you can't train the internal yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the awards were, were super active and we've been really fortunate to, to be on the scene as we are. And uh, the Elite 100 was, was super cool because it's literally yeah. out of however many 
franchisors there are, our brand is up there. And um, and yeah, so. So incredible. Well, there's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs out there, whether they're just starting out, whether they're actually in the throngs of their business or even thinking about kind of taking those steps. What advice would you give to any aspiring entrepreneurs out there? I think really think about what you want to do and your passions and where they lie. I think it's also really important to get the right people around you. And so hence why franchising can be quite interesting. And if you are going down the franchising route, which is very useful from many angles because it's a proven model. You've got someone there just kind of constantly sort of turning and saying, oh, what's going on there? And, you know, let's look under the hood there and so on, which you don't get as a, a standalone business mm. leader. But I think it's just getting um, into bed with the right person or the right organization where the chemistry is there and where you think, well, okay, are they going to pick up the phone five o'clock on a Friday when I'm, you know, disaster has struck? So I think there's there's that whole whole thing. But so getting the right people around you and and also just go and do it. Basically, I think, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I used to be a competitive weightlifter and, and all that kind of stuff. And, wow. um, uh, you know, so one of my friends says to me once, he's like, um, so Amrit, what is uh, the best type of training that I could be doing? All I said to him was one word. Consistent. Yeah. Consistent training is, is, is it. And it's the same thing with business or socials or anything. Just keep turning up. Yeah. And yes, you might screw the thing up in the first year but if you turn up in the second year it will be okay so many businesses just close up shop mm. and that's it you know yeah. and it's it, it really comes out to activity and and i think you're just getting past that first hurdle of doing something that is it you know once you've done the first thing you're in you know emotionally you're in you know we, we often sort of um talk to our prospective franchisees about putting a, a completely refundable deposit down but emotionally it's right i've i've transferred one pound and so emotionally they've made an action and so right you know the the wheels start moving and also then you know right whether whether someone's actually interested or just sort of uh just talking about it quite frankly and i think so so for me it's all about the action and any of my friends that are ever interested in running businesses or doing something i'm like well just do the first thing do the first thing and then let's see where we're at yeah speaking of doing the thing and showing up obviously we started this podcast talking about showing up and being visible and that's something that you do a lot of you're very <laughs> very prolific on social media and podcasts and youtube and like very well documented how has your vis visibility helped you to grow your brand because you've grown over 30 franchises in i believe it was not 2019 uh, so um, really it was 20 i mean we saw the first one at the end of 2019 literally days before the, the yeah. new year so um so and then 10 franchises a year how's yeah. your visibility helping you to to do hugely this? hugely i mean we we speak to hundreds of people every month and 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 they don't make it past the vetting and so actually we've said no to a hell of a lot of people over the last 12 months which you could grow uh, as quickly as you want but i think it's about growing sensibly so so that's the first thing but i think the visibility piece is really useful in that so I do a lot of public speaking, um, and I, I'm on podcasts, and I put stuff out online, as you just said, and so on. But I think the, the thing that that really helps is it gives people a story uh, about you beforehand. It, it adds credibility 
Um, I think that's quite useful from a franchising perspective. But I think the story and the fact that they get to know you before they come to a meeting. Often people come to a meeting say, oh yeah, you know, I feel like I've, I've kind of met you before because I've watched your videos and so on. And, and that's really helpful, I think, you know. And so I think it just adds a bit of a flavor, especially if you're a young business. If you don't have that 30 year story, well, all of a sudden actually you need to create something and this is quite a useful way of doing that. And so, and so yeah, and which I frankly didn't really believe in, I've got to say, again, about 18 months ago. And, and then I thought, well, okay, let's give it a bash. And, and then you start doing it and you start getting interested in it and then you start playing with the content and then, you know, you take to Instagram as well as LinkedIn and, you know, and your wife tells you, please get off it. You know, so like, <laughs> you know, oh, you're my friends are on me. this, please not, you know. So. Your kids are like, and dad, please, yeah, you're not your cool. Your friends are like, why are you on my feed the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> but oh but it is it is quite fun and and I think again it just adds to the whole thing. It, it also shows I think often how serious as a business you are because so many leaders are out there doing stuff. They're movers and shakers, right? You know they are constantly doing stuff. But are we talking about it? You mm -hmm. know, are leaders good at you know bottling their own stories and get getting them out there? And I think that is actually quite a, a big deal because yeah. if you know from <clears throat> the care side of things, the CQC are very much like, well, if it's not documented, it's it didn't happen. End of. That's it. And I talk to my own team about that now and often say, well, okay, you take the picture, were you there? You know, and it's yeah. and it's just kind of getting changing the mindset within the industry, I think, also. And and hopefully what that will do is you'll spur on our competitors to do the same thing, which will just basically just uplift everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's the echo effect. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, for those of you that uh, listened and watched season one, you know that we like to do a little bit of a quick fire round. All right, all right. Uh, put you on the spot here. Um, so uh, what is your best business accomplishment? I think just starting a franchising business, you know, mm -hmm. selling my, my home care business where I was basically working sort of three days a week and chilling and then thinking, nope, screw this, I'm selling this and I'm going to go off and, and actually run after that big goal basically and, and just doing it. And what's your best productivity hack? Having a, a very focused diary. So I break down my diary into 30-minute slots, and uh, you know, if it's going to be a meeting that's going to last longer than 30 minutes, it needs to be a very good reason, having an agenda around that, having a PA that basically picks up the slack on everything else. So I'm constantly focused on the revenue generative stuff effectively, um, so keeping me in, in productivity rather than admin, because it's very easy to hide behind that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And my favourite question, tell me something that the internet doesn't know about you. Oh gosh, the internet knows everything about me. I'm an open book, you know? <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, what does the internet not know about me? God, that's a Damn well, good you question. mentioned uni when you walked oh. in the room, so now I feel I like mean, I have to delve deep into what happens at uni. Absolutely doesn't need to know about my <laughs> uh, my years at university. So, um, uh, okay, so I was a teetotaler until I um, I was twenty nine, I think, and you know my body was a temple, and and it was wonderful, and you know it was all great. Bed at ten p.m. and up at six a.m. Hitting, hitting the gym and so on, and then uh, then I got married and my wife was like, "What's your problem? Just have a glass of wine." And <laughs> so the wife just got completely blamed. <laughs> oh no! I just threw a direct end of the bus. 
the first time I ever got drunk was in South Africa in a vineyard with my mother-in-law. Oh and wow! My mother-in-law looked at me. I was like, "Well, I'm a big guy, and if I fall, this this is it. It's kind of over for everyone, right?" It was it was quite comical. So uh, so yeah, the, I don't think the internet's aware of that. So oh, fabulous! Um, but oh, now, it that. So. now it is. Now it is. Now it is. I've got an internet search history question. So we also do a little bit of digging. We look at your socials and don't worry, it's nothing awful. Um, nothing awful. <laughs> I can explain it. You just got very nervous very quickly. Um, <laughs> so okay. I've been scrolling back through your socials. Cool. And actually, speaking of the wife, I've seen some beautiful photos of you both traveling. Yes. Uh, there's some yeah. gorgeous photos. Um, we'd love to know where in the world is currently top of your travel bucket list and why? Ah, uh, gosh. That, that's a, a very good question it's it's so broad i think years ago before we had children we were away a lot uh, and and regularly and it was really quite cool and then you have kids and then covid kind of hit and it, and it really sort of changed things we went to japan on our honeymoon and it was stunning it's frankly. my favorite place in the world i was gonna say you just yeah. hit for, that's where for i went tea. to is yeah. that right yeah, yeah. yeah. you know and, she's and learning japanese as well oh, wow yeah mm -hmm. mm. that's very cool <laughs> we were at a japanese restaurant last night um so i think for me i think i'd, I'd love to go back there mm -hmm. actually and, and do it properly i think i was probably that much younger mm. hadn't really traveled that much prior to going there I think it would happen very differently. I'd love to take my my daughters to Japan. Yeah. I think they'd be slightly too loud for the Japanese folk, but uh, <laughs> well, but, <laughs> but, they uh, but they do love kids. Yeah. And so I think that for me would be huge. And we've done a bit of South um, South America, which I'd love to kind of explore further. But but certainly, I think if I had to go anywhere right this second, it would be back to Japan and oh. but doing it in a very different way. Well, if you want any travel tips, let me know. Absolutely, <laughs> you can message those to me directly. Yeah. So what's the future looking like for you? <laughs> I hear that you're writing a book. I think you briefly mentioned that about five minutes ago. Um, yeah, wow, yeah. So I, I am. I'm sort of more than halfway through it. That's and, and so we're just sort of, you know, tying off the loose ends on that, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's my first book, actually, and, and I think but hopefully quite an important thing to get out there. And it's mm -hmm. about care revolution, effectively, what needs to happen within the industry so so that's quite fun and i'm very excited about that and hoping that that will uh, get published in in the next sort of three to six months Amazing. so so that'll be quite interesting um and and yeah i mean i've, I've quite enjoyed putting the whole thing together so i can't promise that'll be my my last thing out there so, <laughs> so um and and i think from from wolfinch's perspective it's it's really focused on good quality growth uh, as a domiciliary care provider in a, in, a, in the franchising space we probably cap out in the UK at about 220 locations and what I'd probably see looking at some of the guys that have been around for that much longer and so on you probably that's a two or three hundred million network revenue business my aspiration is really to take the Wolfinch flag all over the world and and really start looking at the international growth and so on. And so the 20-year 
goal is really to get into multiple countries and really sort of spread the word and there's a lot of work that's already happening for that because that's probably something that'll happen in the next two to three years Mm -hmm. and so the relationship building internationally and you know learning about all of that i think needs to kind of happen now and again same thing surrounding yourself with the right people um putting the treasure chest together Mm -hmm. and uh and, and there we go but i think it's I'm I'm really interested in the the market and and how the market's changing uh, with the use of technology, AI, and so on. And we are very tech advanced comparatively. Other other industries would just think, well, it's kind of you know w- what's the issue there? But we're fully paperless. We you know work a lot on automation. We're looking at how. AI is, is, is sort of starting to uh, impact and help and so on. So we're doing a lot of work around that. But also we're, we're thinking about how the actual provision is changing. And so, and by that, I mean right now, less than 10% of the market is home health care, which is all the kind of ICU units at home. My view is in the next 10 years, that will be a huge percentage of what is being provided or what needs to be provided and it takes burden off the nhs and etc etc so positioning ourselves in the right place for that i think over the next decade is is quite uh important thing for 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 the uk really amazing wow i mean we pride ourselves on this podcast for bringing in badass bosses uh trailblazers those that really are breaking the status quo and i have to say you have done every single one of those things it has been such a pleasure um i actually could sit here and talk to you all day (laughs) (laughs) so much more that i want to to talk to you about and we'd love to invite you back you know i'm ready for season three you know well i feel like (laughs) the book i feel like you know there'll be so much more that we want to kind of talk about and actually there are so many more questions and one of the things that we probably don't have time to discuss but for anyone listening that wants to check out and is looking for dom care or any Mm. help um you you also pride yourself on offering choose your own care packages so you can sort of tailor make it to whatever you need to live comfortably in your home and keep quality of life so definitely if anyone is watching this and is thinking about this and has really touched on a subject close to home today definitely go and have a look please tell everyone where they can find you yes so our our care website is wolfinch.com nice and simple and then there's wolfinchfranchising.com if you're interested in franchising Uh, we've got again there's a lot of really interesting territories that are available i think that's also one of the issues within within the industry that a lot of people don't have locations available which we we've very fortunately got so yeah so lots of uh, lots of fun stuff there and uh, and and you can find me on linkedin as well so i'm <laughs> <laughs> yes, <absolutely>. well <laughs> we, we will drop that in the uh, in the show notes for you as well so people can come and have a look at all the incredible things that you're up to and when that book launches they can go and grab a copy yeah we wish you every success as well i, I can see big big things oh, on the horizon so, so it's wonderful so thank you so much um and thank you to everyone that has joined us uh both listeners and viewers um it's been a real treat um you know we've got um some more great guests lined up uh for the rest of season two so please do uh check in on our next episode next Wednesday we're so excited to be back um we've got some stellar people honestly I'm so impressed with season two's lineup Mm. it's going to be incredible don't forget you can find us on all platforms and podcasting and if you are a 
video type of person you can find us on spotify and youtube well i think that's it from uh, me and tiggs and connor yep enjoy the rest of your week keep listening and we will see you next wednesday bye <laughs>